we'll get another one done. And even if we have to destroy the company to do it, if we have to destroy the podcast to do, to it. do it. Hey, get in here. Dallas is about to start. Welcome to the Ewing Barbecue, where we are always looking for a cheap refinery to buy. My name is Mary. And I'm Sarah. Uh, fresh back from Ohio and pounding the bourbon. This is Josh. Don't ask me what I was doing in Ohio anyway. <laughs> and I'm Melanie, this heinous bitch. <laughs> nice. Mm-hmm. What are all y'all's drinking tonight? Is that what they say down there? All no. y'all's? Uh-huh. What are Sometimes. y'all? Y'all. All y'alls. It almost sounds know. like y'all. Use, you know? Oh, no. Different. Yeah, what you drinking tonight? I'm drinking water tonight. I'm sorry, huh? What? I know. Could you speak into my good ear? <laughs> <laughs> well, well, I might I might get him a medicine okay. a little bit, but that's, that's, no, that's I, I believe that water is code no for, judgment. Code for <laughs> vodka. <laughs> we we drank a little bit last night, so gotcha, gotcha. I didn't want to double duty it. <laughs> Someone out there asked uh, a question at one point: What I was going to do when I ran out of Jr. Ewing bourbon, since they don't make it anymore? Uh huh. I'll be happy to let people know that uh, the Total Wine in uh, Burlington, Massachusetts, still has a full stock of Jr. Ewing bourbon. So. Oh really? Yes. Hmm. So, so I. I'm in no danger of running out for a long time. That's good. That's good. I am drinking Black Raven Second Sight Scotch Ale. I love hearing these things. I never know what you people are going to be drinking. I know, they always drink the coolest things. You people. You, y'all have I think beer, they beer, you, and you and ales. And- yeah. Negative connotations. God. <laughs> Don't use big words. <laughs> what are you drinking, Melanie? I've got Orchata by The Brewery. The which, Brewery? Which, yes, if you the brewery. could describe it a little, uh, what's Orchata? Uh, this is a blonde ale brewed with rice, lactose, natural cinnamon, and vanilla flavors added. Ooh, that sounds really good. There's yes. the lactose. Vanilla. <laughs> brewery puts out some really decent stuff. They're nice. out of California. If people out there want an education in craft beers and things to drink, just come hey. to this podcast right. and right. and ask for, prof- ask for Professor Melanie, <laughs> who Doctor. I would like to extend a uh, a birthday greeting to. Yeah, was your birthday? Because I missed it because I was on planes and getting sitting in airports and I completely didn't post. Uh, okay, I, I pretty much missed it too. I <laughs> said <laughs> you had fun at the beach in the best way possible. <laughs> I got so drunk. And I didn't have to pay for any of it. And I love the people who made that possible. <laughs> nice. Nice. Yes. Yes. So thank you. I am 35 years old. And you share a birthday with Andrew Stevens. I do. Oh, wow. Yes. Casey oh. Denault himself. <laughs> Born in 1955. And Jenna Harrison on June 12th. Born in 1958. Hmm. Tomorrow... Tomorrow is June 16th. We have Joan Van Ark turning 78. Oh, that just seems so old for me. I know. It's crazy. And in case we're not recording, I'll just fire off uh, Denon Simpson. Kendall is June 20th. No year has been given. So she's <laughs> mysterious. She's a smart lady. Lee McCluskey. Mm-hmm. The 21st, right? 
1955. So he he's 11 days younger than Andrew Stevens. And exactly one week after Joan Van Ark, her TV husband, Ted Shackelford, born in 1946. Those are birthdays. And uh, extend a, uh, this Linda Gray fans out there would be interested to know. Um, yes. Her youngest grandson just graduated high school this week, so. I'm definitely old now. We'll, we'll send uh, congratulations out to Jack Sloan, son of Kelly Sloan. Also, daughter, congr- congratulations daughter to Gray. my son who graduates this yes. Friday. Ryers. Ryers. And mine just graduated, too. That's awesome. right. Anthony. He's not doing anything right now. Yeah. No. Well, he should. He just graduated. Right now. <laughs> Raise a glass to our graduates, y'all. Class of Woo-hoo. 21. Class, Class of 21. Cheers. Cheers. I am drinking water out of a course cup. <laughs> you <laughs> are. You oh. are. It counts. We'll count it. Because, I mean, course is basically water anyway, right? <laughs> and a congratulations Truth. to Truth. Josh Henderson's sister who got married uh, this past oh. week. And well, then, is she younger or older? She is younger. Cool. And Does then, Josh um, Anderson still need to get married because I'll volunteer? <laughs> <laughs> I'll volunteer and tribute. <laughs> and then he was down back at South Fork uh, yesterday shooting a music video for his single. At South Fork. Uh, yeah, that's cool. Was, <laughs> they wow. were shooting at South Fork and then they were shooting at a bonfire scene later. And I knew mean, they were shooting it, but I didn't know that it was there. Yeah, they had to go fund me to raise the $8,000, which they raised. So, Melanie, you were on a podcast recently. Tell us about that. I was on a podcast. I guested on These Are Their Stories, which is a Law & Order podcast um, produced by Kevin Flynn and Rebecca Lavoie from New Hampshire. And they talk yeah, about... New Hampshire. Woo. In New Hampshire. New, go New England. But they basically talk about all of the Law & Order series Um they'll go through and just like randomly pick an episode and have different guest stars on um, their format. That's really cool. I kind of enjoyed that. Um, I'm not sure of the episode number, but it's supposed to come out tomorrow, which is June, what June 16th. All right. Um, I would like to shout out to Jason C for donating to our bourbon fund. Once again, he says cheers oh. to us. And I said, cheers to you back, Jason. Right. Thank you, Jason. Okay, pounding the bourbon. Pound. We're not cheap dates. It it takes a lot of money to keep us up. <laughs> it, it does. <laughs> but we're, we appreciate we're, it. We do. We're constantly trying to. We're not really just buying bourbon, y'all. We're trying to improve the experience of our listeners we are. <laughs> and ourselves. <laughs> Have a little bit better technology sound because, yes. of course, we're still learning as we go. Mm-hmm. I feel like we've gotten better yeah. and stuff, so we can always get more better. Yes, there's mo, always mo, mo never better blues. Yeah, we mo can better. Better. so we are going to take a hiatus. It won't be a 21 year hiatus like Dallas took. No, well, we hope not anyway. Um, we're going to take a summer hiatus. Well, just hopefully July because mm-hmm. I am moving to get um, on the same time zone as other people on this podcast. <laughs> That's the sole reason for her move, everybody. <laughs> that is the only reason. It's- Podcast comes before all. Yes, of course. Yes. So, but we will be back. Promise. Promise. Yes. Promise. Tonight we are talking about season four, episode five, "Taste of Success." 
Well, it's over. Yeah, Jr. is nearly his old self again. Oh, I ought to kill you, Jr. I ought to kill you. Oh, you did it, didn't you? I'm not going to have this family go through any more scandals like it's been going. I won't have that happen to my daddy and my mommy. Do you understand that? Jr. is not the president of Ewing Oil now. I am. The truth is, you like the power. It's my company. I want it back. I can't do that. What are you going to do? I'm going to bring Bobby down. I'm going to cut him out if I have to destroy Ewing Oil to do it. It was written by Robert J. Shaw, directed by Irving J. Moore, and it aired February 28th, 1980. November 28th. What did I just say? You just said February. You're jumping ahead. I literally was looking at the word November and I said February. What is wrong with me, you guys? <laughs> November 28th, 1980. I'm insane, clearly. Oh. Okay, go on. <laughs> That's my mom's birthday, her 19th, actually. Wow. Nice. This episode was number one for the week with a 56 share. Woohoo! Mary Crosby, I guess, knew by the summer that she was only going to appear in the first five episodes of the season. She said it was bittersweet and uh, she loves being known as the answer to a trivia question. We had that major confession or reveal at the end of the last episode. Right. Right. So then we did have that. And then so this episode, it opens where there is a confession by Kristen to the rest of the Ewings. But it's not exactly the same confession. Except Bobby and Pam, who are conveniently not there that day. Right, they're conveniently not there. But so Jock, Miss Ellie, Lucy, all sitting there in, with obviously J.R. and Sue Ellen. And Kristen is telling a tale. A lot of half-truths here, and she needs an award for this performance. Yeah. <laughs> <She does. laughs> when I first saw, saw J.R., after, it's like after all these years, you mean, like, because you... You're like, he watched you grow up because you're gross. Right. Like, right. Yeah. when you it's saw like, him after you were after nine, okay. I wanted him. And I'm like, when you saw him after your face didn't look like Colleen Camp? Basically. <laughs> when she had puberty again. Ah, uh, the pub. She's like, all right. And this is what this is what really bothered me. I said, I don't like this whole thing. They made the female out to be crazy and love lovesick, uh-huh. even even if she is, while he gets off looking like a martyr. Uh-huh. It's true. Like, on so many other towns, too, you know? Mm-hmm. And I was like, this is a wonderful story you've concocted, but it's only half true. And she totally knew what she was doing. It was vengeful. It wasn't out of, like, love or whatever. She was just like, motherfucker, you're going to take me down. I'm taking you down with me. By the way, Jock, your son your son raped me on that bed in the condo. Um, right, that too. Yeah. yeah. Uh, can we talk about Miss Ellie's face when Kristen is talking about how much she wanted JR? Yeah. <laughs> yeah. Miss Ellie was, even Miss Ellie was like, bitch, please. Miss Ellie was just like, uh, gross. And I also kind of want to sink into this couch because, mm-hmm. And I she's was, like, goes on about betraying so, her sister. And I'm like, you're the worst sister that ever walked the face of the earth. So Sue, far. Ellen, Sue Ellen just looks pissed. The whole story. She's just like, this is bullshit. She knows she's, it's bullshit. She, she knows, knows it's bullshit. bullshit. She's having a hard time keeping her shit together because of how much bullshit it is. I was waiting for Lucy to drop a few, uh, a few one-liners in there just to. Oh, that would have been great. Yeah, she's particularly silent, but. I think Lucy's probably just taking it all in. What the hell is she talking about? Basically. 
Because Lucy caught on to her bullshit right away. And I bet she was just sitting there like, the fuck? Are you guys buying this shit? Like, right. Because right. <laughs> I mean, even Jock was like, well, Kristen, if it was up to me, you'd be in jail. Your ass would be in jail, basically. And it's like, you should have. You should have. Yeah, probably should have. Lucy's like, if if you're buying this, I got some oceanfront property in Nevada for you right now, too. Uh, <laughs> yeah. <laughs> Ugh, and then we cut to the next morning where Kristen's being put on a plane to California. And ADA Purcell, Martin Purcell, he's he's somehow buying all this. He's he got sold on it because JR took him in the other room and had to whatever to convince him. Money? How, he paid him how, off? How much money is in, how many greenbacks uh, does right. it take to? Right. He was convinced mm. pretty easily, I think. Yes. Yeah. So then Jock and Ellie are filling Bobby and Pam in the next morning over breakfast. I, there were a lot of plates on that table. I didn't notice that. The table was completely full of plates and food on this thing and that thing. I'm going... There aren't enough people there to be eating all that food. What, what, the, he just wants the table to be full again. Their whole family. Exactly. And Miss Ellie did apologize to Sue. Ellie. That was important to know. I was yeah. thinking, of, did everybody or just her? Because really everybody owes her an apology. Sue Everyone Ellie. does. Yeah, I think it's only Miss Ellie's big enough to That's do it. That's what I thought. Okay. Yeah. Jock, it's been Jock, a couple of weeks since I watched the episode, so I'm trying to remember. Jock still thinks she's a, a drunk. <laughs> yeah, uh, yeah. Jock, Jock's throwing a lot of weird, like, uh, uh, what do I shade? Like, shade. Yes, he's throwing a lot of weird shade around, and ugh. I mean, it's not that it's not warranted, but mm, this feels right. a little gross to me. He gets to be this, become this. I don't know, grumpy like curmudgeon as he's gotten old. I just, yeah. I really would love to have seen him. In his heyday between the early years and when he became old. Again, another yeah. plug for the middle years. <laughs> yeah, of course. And he says he like he he doesn't understand why she'd want to marry man and a married man, yeah. Yeah, a married man and and like she's got looks, brains, a lot going for her. I'm like, yeah, but she used them in the wrong way. Yeah, right. Chuck, you're just a couple steps behind the eight ball here. Just, you know, just, just don't look, just fly. <laughs> Speaking of flying. Jock is looking forward to JR being back at work. Uh, and then Ellie reminds him that, uh, oh, P.S. Bobby's taken over. So remember that. Mm. <sighs> Jack's like, oh, yeah, that's right. OK, yeah, I guess that really remember that. That really puts him between a rock, rock and a hard place. It does. Right. Because he knows how much JR is going to want to get back to work. And he wants JR to get back to work. But also, like. He doesn't want to piss off Ellie. He, is, he definitely yeah. doesn't want to piss off Ellie. Like, he's That's happy. Wrong. Bobby's happy. But I think Jock doesn't think that Ewing oil means anything to Bobby. Because I think it hasn't really in the past. Right. And, he hasn't felt, and also, he hadn't felt included. He wasn't able to make decisions. Right. Right. As, as free willing as you know, Jr. did and everything. Or you, you have to remember that Jock is might still be on shaky ground with Ellie. The mastectomy, the Amanda, Amanda, yeah, almost having to 
have Ellie let them drill for oil on South Fork for the yep. Asian oil leases. Yeah, that almost did her in. So He's like, we've been married for like 45, four, I don't know, 40-some, 50 years. He's like, I don't want to get divorced. So let's just be careful, I guess. Right. Yeah. And he laments on that whole situation when he's riding out with Ray later right, in, in the a few episode. scenes to come. Yeah. That is a fancy office they have there at the airport. Is it like, okay, so I was like, is this what now is like the special like Delta VIP section that you have to pay extra to go into? Like the is lounge? That like, like the lounge thing? Admiral's, Admiral's Club or something? Yeah. Although, yeah. Although I think American Airlines is big in the uh, Dallas area, so that might be the American Right, but I'm just saying, like, yeah. I'm guessing it's that, but it's really small and really super fancy. Yeah, that's like high-end furniture that you'd have at like, you, one of the Ewing Oil like conference right. rooms or offices or right. something. Like first class ticket holders and crew only, kind of. Right. Right. Celebrities that they pay to let hang out there. That'll never be me. I'll never have a first class ticket. <laughs> Girl, <laughs> book your ticket and coach and then upgrade when you check in. That's what I did. I've flown first class twice. It was amazing. I could. Yeah. Uh, what's the, no, uh, no. What's the price it's differential when you do upgrade it. versus what? Versus booking it ahead of time. It depends uh, upon the airline. It's actually, if you're like Alaska is the one that was affordable to do that. You used to be able to do it for like 50 bucks. But oh my God. It, it depends. depends on how far you're going to. Yeah. My my Charlotte to Portland nonstop um, at Christmas time, I booked economy and they um, asked me at check-in if I wanted to upgrade to first class for $85. And I was like, treat yourself. That was just one way. And then I did it on the way back too, because why not? Right. And I got it. Complimentary alcohol. Yeah, they That's, give you all the stuff. They give you like knives and forks when you have dinner. That's like I spoiled myself. <laughs> like I spoiled myself once for a concert and I bought the expensive seat right up near the stage. Mm-hmm. And then I felt like I can't really for other concerts sit Go in the back. back. I know. Then you know what you're missing. So back yeah, to the so uh, fancy airport room. Um, and then JR is finalizing the details about paying Kristen off. He says the baby and she goes, our baby. Like she's sticking a knee. She's stabbing him and she's stabbing Sue Ellen with a two-pronged knife. Just She's such a bitch. She's such a bitch. Yeah. She played bitch well. Props out to Mary Crosby. I'm tossing one back for Mary Crosby here. Do it. It's the one card she has, and then she's playing every single part of that card. Mm-hmm. And what does she say to Sue Ellen here? And um, she said, uh, oh, yeah, Sue Ellen doesn't think Kristen wants to hear what she wishes her. Yeah, because she says, so, like, I wish you well or something. She's like, you don't want to know what I wish you, Kristen. <laughs> and as she leaves, her exit is, oh, I'll be seeing you, Jr." And scene for Kristen. Uh, and mm-hmm. side note, she heads off to not Landing for an episode. Oh, did she? Mm-hmm. All right. Yes. Nice. And I will watch that episode this week, and I will give a little synopsis next oh, time. Cool. Of That'd be what cool. She yeah. was up to in California. Yeah. Because she stayed and with Gary and Val. <laughs> that's interesting. Right. Like Miss Ellie didn't call them and be like, "Don't let that horror in your house." <laughs> <laughs> She's evil. She's bad news. Do not let her near Gary. She's no, got a she, thing for Ewing men. 
Nope, she went after the neighbor, uh, Kenny Ward, actually. Interesting, break, because she to was... break up his marriage to Ginger. She was pregnant. What the hell is she right, doing? She's pregnant. What the fuck? <laughs> what is she... Kristen, hey. what, what is you doing? When you're early pregnant, you do get really horny. She was trying to boost Nuts Landing's ratings to get them established. Uh, uh, yeah. <laughs> Girl, what is she doing? I mean, doing? You, just, you just had the reveal of the biggest cliffhanger in television history, and Nuts Landing goes, oh, we have her on our show this week. Like, Come watch. She's over here. She's over watch here. our show. And Lucy had already been there, and JR had been there a couple times already. And there was a great scene on there when JR and Abby were having an affair, and... Karen, played by Michelle Lee, comes to retrieve Abby for some family emergency, and JR starts butting in. And Michelle Lee's character, Karen, goes, JR, shut up. <laughs> and, and, and JR is sitting on the couch in his silk bathrobe, and he's like, he didn't, he, he looked like a deer in the headlights. Like some, a woman actually told him to shut up. <laughs> I'm here for that. He didn't have a response to that. You, you, you would have liked it. He's like, oh, all right. I should send you the clip. I bet he kind of was into it, though. Oh, yeah, because when Gary showed up at the hospital, he said, oh, I, I'd be running back to a pretty little thing like Karen Fairgate, too. Mm, see, he likes that. He likes to be bossed around, I bet. Oh, yeah. I bet. He likes it rough, too. <laughs> so we cut to the oil fields. You Bobby, and 23. Bobby calls Harry Owens on his fancy car phone. And Harry Owens wants- is the foreman. And he wants to reopen Ewing 23. And he, he, Bobby asks him how long it will take. And uh, Harry Owen said, oh, it should be, uh, we could get it up and running within about a month or so. Bobby goes, yep, I want it in a week. Uh-huh. And okay. it must be very possible because he's like, oh, all right, I guess. And uh, um, we, we had a name drop in that scene. That's true, because they need to find, he's like, they. the pr- trouble is they need to find a refinery uh, because they can't use Mainwaring refinery because they won't deal with the Ewings anymore. Particularly JR. Yeah, because Mainwaring is a called back to Kit Mainwaring, who was briefly engaged to Lucy. Briefly. I, briefly. I, I like that throwback, though. It I did ties too. Them, it ties them back into the universe. I yeah. wish they had done more with the Mainwarings. as Me a too. Se- I do. I think they could have even had their own little spinoff, maybe, or something. Yeah, Mark Wheeler was a good actor. And I like at the end of the scene, Harry Owens goes, I wish those Ewing brothers would get together. Right? So does everybody. That should be the tagline for this series. It should be. (laughs) Exactly. Every time. Every time. Every time. But it's his company. His company. company. Yeah, he thinks so. It's Jack's yeah. company, JR. Guess it's what? Jack's JR. Right. <laughs> uh, so okay. now we have now we have the ugly wagon pulling into South Fork. I'm sorry, Sarah, can you say it? The fucking wagon. Yes. That fucking wagon. <laughs> and girl is pissed. She is so pissed. And she has such a reason to be because Oh yeah. Because that person, like, why is she so mad? She's so mad because JR did not. For one second, doubt that Kristen's baby is his. Yeah, he just took, he oh. just took her word for it, and and but she she got tapped by every oil derrick in the state of Texas. For but God's doubted sakes. that his own wife's baby was his, like to the extent that he wouldn't even hold that baby for the first 
several and months of that baby's life. That's fucked up. And that is Teresa, fucked up. Teresa, since the walls are very thin, Teresa is writing down a chapter, another chapter for her book. Right. And Suella's like, what makes you so damn sure? It could have been one of 12, one of 100 right. guys. Right. Like She was sleeping with everybody, but you're totally, you're totally sure it's your kid. Like, you're not even questioning it. And he's just like, oh. Like uh-huh. he's like, oh, yeah, that's a really good point. Uh-huh. She was, she was, she was getting popped by Rudy Millington in that bed, for God's sakes. Yeah. Jordan Lee. Jordan Lee. Right? Was in her, and her. Wasn't there another cartel member in her room also? Something like that. And then not only that. Uh, wait a minute. Um, what's it? Von Leland, it right? Two. Well, yeah, yes. Von Leland also, right? And then Leist. who was the other? Okay, and then she was pregnant, going to Nas Landing. Right. She's pregnant, going to Nas Landing, and she's and she's, get, she's getting it on with the Ken, Kenny Ward. Yeah, didn't Jr. pimp her out one time too? Oh, that's right. He, he did. Oh my God. Yeah. Right, right. So there's many, many, many people can have been the daddy. So, As Blanche so Devereaux says, many, 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 <laughs> many, 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 men. And this this arguing turns into another round of Jr.'s violent lovemaking. Holy shit! So uh, she just starts like hitting him and like attacking him, and then he gets so turned she on. She stops by and she's like, "Okay, <laughs> yeah." Like, oh. I think this is, like, their sweet spot. Like, I think this is where they're really good together. So they should... They should not gonna I'm not judging. Kind of hot. If, I'm not judging. Kind of hot. <laughs> right. I'm, but I'm surprised she only got... Has gotten pregnant by him once after all the fighting and making Hopefully. up. I mean, aren't there children normally conceived during violent lovemaking? Well, what? I don't know if that's how that works but that's how john ross is conceived <laughs> you know what i bet she that's did genre. i bet no that's not that wouldn't have been canon never when mind he, when he th- he threw her on the bed after uh, getting rid of rita briggs see this time though there's the difference between that time and this time she stopped fighting and kind of that's like pulled I mean. back and was like all right this is the direction we're gonna go in and then she's like, oh, yeah, right. <laughs> and I put, this is so wrong. I put the only time, the only time in history that no turned into yes. <laughs> the <laughs> only time. The only time. Quickly. The only acceptable exactly. time. Uh-huh, uh-huh, uh-huh. Because then she, I mean, going into the episode further, then she goes to Dr. Elby and is all like, you know, yesterday we made love and he was more, it was hot. It was hot. <laughs> And, and we I am are not gonna sure happy. <laughs> I am not going to let anything get in the way this time. Mm-hmm. Uh, yeah, girl. What is it? What 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 does Steven Tyler sing in that song? Dream on. I was going to say yeah. love in an elevator, but no. <laughs> I mean that. I mean just like you know, as much as as hot as I thought it was, and as much as like the shipper in me was like, yes, I was also like, why are you so stupid? I know. You and she gets more st- the bed with him again. She, she gets more stupid as the episode goes, but we'll get there. Yeah. Um. Then we go to Bobby blowing yes. off Pam for yeah. dinner it, to, meet, blows her off. to meet with Jim Redfield, who I still think is related to the Guzzler. He has to be that hair. That hair is <laughs> ridiculous. Because <laughs> Redfield is going back to Austin, so he can only meet that night. Right. And, and Bobby's like, I need to buy this refinery. 
Um, but Connie is not having it. She's like, yeah, 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 refinery. You said that you were going to meet your wife for dinner. Mm-hmm. So you got to you gotta do that. And Bobby's like, yeah, but I got to do this business stuff. She's, she's like like his moral compass. She's, she's, like, she's really trying. She's like, I'm rooting for you guys and you're screwing it up. Go to dinner with your wife. But he does not. No, and he sends her to get Tom Selby down there from accounting to pull up the numbers on the assets, which yeah. is business mumbo jumbo that you, you know, a uh, lot of people just don't know. Yeah. Yeah. And uh, the, he wants a corner table at the Cattlemen's Club, too. Mm-hmm. Uh, and then we cut to Cliff, um, who wants Dave Culber to propose a big chunk of land as protected parks. He's now his legislative counsel. Right. Apparently. Yeah, yeah. Because he, he says everyone is going through an ecology craze, which I didn't know was a thing in the 80s, but okay. And this is, uh, we he suggests turning uh, Lake Takapa, which is the first time we hear that name. Oh, I didn't even notice that. Into an environmentally protected oh. area, and it will win Dave's support among the voters and the environmentalists in the state. Nice. And it will help further his platform. Why didn't I catch the Takapa thing? Wow. Okay, cool. And uh, Donna wants to go have dinner with Dave, but he needs to get home to Luann. And then Cliff convinces Donna to go out for Mexican at a hole-in-the-wall restaurant that serves $3, and I have to say this the way Cliff says it, margaritas. (laughs) Margaritas. And a $3 pitcher of margaritas. Right. But he says it like he said, and I'll spell it the way he says it. It's M-A-R-G-Y-O-U-R-I-T-A-S, Margoritas. <laughs> I'm like, I've never heard it enunciated that way before. And I just, I just thought that was funny. <laughs> because Cliff has no idea. <laughs> right. But he and knows his cheap, good Mexican food. That's something he knows. Right. But it's <laughs> and a miracle. It's not Chinese. Right. Yes. But it is cheap food. So he's here for it. It's cheap food, which is probably going to come with an emodium pill or some gas pill or something for later. But it's delicious, so he's good for it. It's good in the moment, but you regret it the next morning. (laughs) True. And then speaking of digestive issues, Lucy is trying to cook dinner for Mitch at his apartment. Okay, she breaks into his apartment to make dinner while he's not there. And saying that he's she's his long-lost sister. Right. Like, okay, creepy much, Lucy? All she's, right, but she's ruining the beef stroganoff. Completely. She, she has no she, idea what she's doing. She looks like she's in a science lab trying she, to make some. She does. <laughs> she's just like, she's things, like are, <laughs> things are bubbling over. And this is uh, like, honestly, like the witch is called. <laughs> honestly, I was listening to the this part of the episode at like out of the it was playing out of the corner of my eye. And if I hadn't because I wasn't looking at the scene, even though I was go, I knew what was going on, if if you're just like listening to it, you're like, what the actual fuck is happening <laughs> in this scene right now? Like, just because the sounds that she's making while she's cooking and the things crashing, I'm like, what, what, what are you doing, Lucy? Are you banging somebody or are you trying to cook a meal? Like, what is are there, you doing? Is there violence? Is there violent sex going on in the Not apartment? even violent, just like. I don't think she's ever turned on a stove before. And then she's like, I'm going to make this beef stroganoff. I'm like, girl, just make mac and cheese. I know. Or just start with just, mac and cheese. 
just make the shit on a shingle for God's sake. Make, you know? make some um, peanut butter and jelly. Like you know he's going to appreciate that you went to the effort. You but know? you know what? I, I do give her an A for effort in this though. She right, wanted she to trying. do something and it was pure. It was genuine. It was it from was. the heart and she was really trying. She was, she but failed, she, but she tried. She's all thumbs in the kitchen. Right. And then but Mitch not comes in the in bedroom, and, not in the bedroom. Right. Mitch comes in in the middle of it and he's just like, holy shit. But he also like, I feel like he's actually really touched by it. And then he's yeah. just like, I appreciate it. Please don't do that again. Let's just go get hamburgers. And she's just like, okay. She, he, he has 35 minutes to have to park cars and he wants to go find the drive-in and get cheeseburgers and fries. Mm-hmm. That's going to, take more than 35 minutes. I don't know how far away it is, but I don't know. Maybe they're going to do like a drive-through situation. I I would assume, I don't know. Yeah. <laughs> I don't know. That that was a a touching in a way scene. It was. it was. And it was and it had so much comedy in it. I was it laughing did. my head. It did. It did. Yeah. Oh. And you can really tell that Mitch is really starting to like Lucy a lot. Like he's giving into her ways. Uh, so then we cut to Donna and Cliff at dinner. And she's singing the praises of Sam Culver. I was like, Donna and Cliff, really? No, it's so weird. Uh, that she's telling him all about herself. This is feeling like a real date, actually. Uh-huh. Right. And I'm enjoying it because I'm sitting there going, they're talking about something like themselves and this and that. And there's no mention of the Ewings right. so they're, far. Yeah, they're just like introducing themselves. Like, this is my story and get to know me. And yeah, I dig that. Right. Um, and Cliff thinks that, well, obviously, Sam is definitely a tough act to follow. I mean, not a lie. Right. And unfortunately, Cliff's story is a matter of public record. Right. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Um, and that's when it shifts. And then Cliff asks, like, has there been anyone since Sam died? And she was like, well, there's one guy. And Cliff is like, well, oof, sounds like he might still be in the picture. She's like, yeah, I don't think so. And then Cliff is like, all right, then. And what was interesting was, um, you know, when he, she says, oh, Cliff's story is a matter of public record. Um, he says that the Ewings are a symbol of everything that's, wrong and I like Donna's line so were windmills to Don Quixote <laughs> like true I guess I like the <laughs> I, I love the writing back then just some of the lines and the richness I love how the- smart Donna is I love that she's just like they don't dumb down her character at all like she's a smart lady and yeah and she says that there must be she's She's probing to find out if there's something else to him besides his hatred of the Ewings. Yeah. yeah. And he likes women with education and money and power. (laughs) Right. He likes a smart lady. Yes. And then I think she likes that he likes a smart lady. There's some serious flirting going on. I'm not hating it. No. No. I mean, Cliff. I literally don't remember this part of Dallas, so I'm I'm surprised about it, and I'm I'm actually not hating it at all. I wouldn't have minded seeing them push further into a yeah. potential relationship. They could have been a power couple against they Jr. Could yeah, because Donna certainly didn't mince words with Jr. Mm-mm. 
And Cliff was in politics. Donna's into the politics. politics. It would have yeah. been a good match. Mm-hmm. It would have been. It w- wouldn't have been as much of a mismatch as Donna and Ray, for, with him being the right. cowboy, and like at that dinner with Dave and Luann, where mm-hmm. where it was a little that class thing, where then Ray is always feeling insecure, and she has to like reassure him constantly. What? Yeah. It's, uh, yeah. Uh, poo poo. Anyway. Poo poo. Kaka. <laughs> Bobby explains to Pam that he's reopening Ewing 23, which he thinks that she's going to be really into because he's like, hey, this is going to give your brother money. And she goes, you're just doing this to spite JR because he closed it down. Right. And he's just like, well, a little bit, basically. But, like, I thought you'd be happy about it. And then she just says that you just like the power and she's really not amused by the whole thing at all. No, no. So there's a little fraying in there between them. Yeah. Compared or contrasted with the next scene, which is the beginning of the end for Sarah, say it. They're fucking wagons. (laughs) It's it's the beginning of the end for that wagon because uh, he bought her a new wagon. A new goddamn station wagon. Now it's a nicer station wagon, but it's still a station wagon. It's still a station wagon in a home full of Mercedes. Bobby gets Pam a black. Bobby gets Pam a sports car. Jr. gets his wife a station yeah. wagon. She had, wait. Pam had the Corvette first, yeah. right? The black Corvette, yeah. and then she gets the black Porsche. That yeah, that's later on at some point. Yeah, I don't but, know. But the, the point is, he he gets her a nice flashy sports car, and Jr. gets his wife a mom a mom mobile. A station wagon. Yeah. That she didn't probably ask for either. You know, like, it's not like she's like, I want to have this huge family. I need a station right. wagon. She just got but her But the fact that he just got her a gift out of the blue after this violent lovemaking. It must have been good, you guys. It must have been really good. It must have been I good mean, because... He turned his head around. I think that's how she ends he was up like, with all the perfume and all the jewelry and all the fancy uh-huh. clothes. He's like, oh, holy shit, I forgot how good that could be. All right, I guess we're going to give her a oh, gift. Yeah. And he has, I'm going to give her a car. <laughs> I'm gonna give her a car. That was worth the car. Neil, what he's stepped up. He's stepped up from the trinkets. And that's the thing. Yes. You fucking yeah. idiot. Why do you have to go and run around on her? Like it would cost you zero dollars if you just treated her right. I mean, I know, I know exactly. he, money is no object to him, but he's it's a power it's a trip. trip. He it's wants, he's an, he wants what he can't have. He's an idiot. He's an idiot. He's a he's exactly. a fucking like idiot. Shit. It's like, and there was something. Um, in interviews where I guess Patrick Duffy said that and Larry Hagman figured out that JR would have lost billions and billions billion of dollars. dollars. Yes, for Ewing Oil over, over the course of the series or something like that. So he's really not an astute businessman. <laughs> right. right. If, if you base uh, business on financial success, he would have been a moron. That's interesting. I like that. Yeah. Um, so uh, he gets a call from Harry Owens about reopening Ewing 23. Right. And he obviously wants Sue Ellen to pick him up and take him driving later. And he um, he impresses a, yeah, um, he says, yeah, that's that's not happening. 
Wait, so why is Harry Owens so partial to JR here? Because, like, he's between, obviously, Bobby and JR. Does, is everyone just really afraid of JR? Because Bobby's in charge of viewing oil right now. Right. I think they're afraid of him, but I also think this is kind of the same thing, but I don't think anybody wants to be against him. Like, they don't want to have him be on his back gotcha. for later gotcha. stuff. So they're just covering you know I mean? their I, ass by calling him and saying your brother's trying to do this. Franklin Horner right, did exactly. the same thing. Right, right, right. And uh, Sue Ellen's out tooling around in the car, and she's going to pick JR in 10 minutes. Right. And he has a... Do, can we take note of the uh, feather thing in his uh, running around his cowboy hat? Mm, the uh, okay. nice, the nice uh, fashion statement with the nice. uh, f- very. It looks very expensive. I'm sure it is. <laughs> <laughs> so so well, that's go- well, that's going on. There's breakfast by the pool in the back. In the back that we didn't realize. Right. Was- and he wastes no time by immediately bringing up this whole thing to the family just to like out Bobby. For what he's doing. Yeah, it's basically he is the male Lucy throw like poking people. He is. Right. Yeah. <laughs> which which really makes me wonder what it would have been like if he found out that Lucy was his daughter or something like that, because well, they're she's definitely they're both definitely Ewing, so I will say yes. that. Um and then Ellie gets really upset and um and he, it was funny watching Jr. just walk off chomping on a piece of bacon for a he's date with so his wife. God, he's so goddamn proud of himself <laughs> in that moment. Ugh, gross. Mm. Uh, but Baselli gets pissed, and I think she's just like, she knows what Jr.'s doing. She knows that Jock is buying into it, and then she's just like, whatever it takes, I do not want Bobby to leave. So make yeah, sure it doesn't and- happen. And Bobby says, uh, you just give me the word and Pam and I will be out of here. Right. And then he gets yeah. up and leaves and Jock goes to get up and uh, I says, where are you going? He goes, I'm going to go pound some sense into him. <laughs> 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 uh, Jock, um, Bobby's not five years old. He's a grown man. Right, right. Violence is never the answer, Jock. Um. Bobby is figuring out a way up. Uh, oh, I, I love the uh, close-ups of Jock and Ellie at the end of that scene. Yeah. Just the, the fact that Jock knows he's stuck between a rock and a hard place. Ellie gives him that look. Mm-hmm. They get that close-up of her, and they get that close-up of mm-hmm. him. And it's and she's like, don't fuck with me, look. Like, you yeah. figure it and out. It, and it's almost like foreshadowing that there's there's going to be tension between them coming up. I mean... There's, there's always tension between them, honestly. But I, it's almost like it's going to escalate for some reason. I just, hmm. Perhaps just that, it will. Just that. A little foreshadowing. Yeah, the, those looks that they give each other, it's almost like we're planting the seeds for an escalation of hmm. tension. Dun, dun, dun. Dun, dun, dun. So then Bobby's trying to figure out exactly how much money he has. And what does Tom Selby give him? He says, just over $100 million available. Mm-hmm, mm-hmm. So uh, he gets the cartel to come in because he, he's like trying to get the cartel in so they can, because the deal is for what, $200 million? He has $100 million. He needs them to cover the other 100 So he brings seems, in the cartel. That seems reasonable. It 
seems like that's a lot of money, but it seems, I guess, I reasonable in in the Ewing world. You splitting um, it between them, that seems seems right. reasonable. So they come in. He te- he's so excited. He tells them about it, and then you just they hear see, him out. They hear him out. They hear him out, and then they just kind of look at each other, and then they're just kind of like, uh, a fuck you and a fuck you. <laughs> they're still like bitter as fuck about the whole Asian oil deal. And there's no way they would ever deal with Ewing oil again. They literally just said we only came because we were curious about what you were going to say. But we don't give a fuck because you fucked us over once and you're not going to do it again. But Bobby is determined. He tells Connie to get Franklin Horror on the phone. I'm getting myself a refinery. Mm-hmm. Bobby, don't you know what happens every time you contact Franklin Horner? Right? You'd think he'd learn his lesson, but he never does. So then Jock and Ray are out riding horses. They're riding the pasture between South Fork and Ray's place. And that's literally where that was probably filmed. Was oh, in I'm that, sure. Yeah. Yeah. Because back then, for anyone that's been to South Fork now, you you know it's the area around there has been developed. And back then, there was more open pasture, and they could shoot there and ride. and You could see the ranch in the background and... It was nice. Yeah. But Jock is upset that JR and Bobby can't work together, which is just like, well, welcome to the rest of the series, Jock. But <laughs> <coughs> Harry Owens, when are those you boys gonna get together? Exactly. I might make that I might make that a sound bite or something. We should make that a sound bite. You should, right, you should, yeah, yeah. Okay, cut to Liz coming to visit Pam. And she would really like Pam to come back at work. And she's a girl after my own heart. She takes a scotch with no water in the middle of the day. Yes. <laughs> Is this one I of the only that. times we've seen Liz Craig at South Fork? I think so. Yeah. It's one or maybe two. But I think it's only. Yeah, not very, it's not very common. Yeah. So she's trying to get her to come back to work. Pam wants to start as soon as possible because she's going to get bored again. Yep. But, you know, Bobby's busy running his company company, and Pam can run the store with Liz right. and yeah. yep. they'll just meet for uh, meals once a month and catch <laughs> up. And Yeah, it'll be good. It'll be good. Yeah. So then JR makes Jack a drink, says and, he's ready to get back to work. And I just want to note that this is the exact spot where Jack had his heart attack when he was arguing with JR a couple seasons earlier. Mm-hmm. On the on the porch. Yeah. Yes. yes. Good point. Um, so but Jack's a little like he, he's being a little evasive. Um and he's kind of like, oh, I don't know. And then Jack's and then JR's like, No, I need an immediate answer. Am I going back to work or not? And and Jack, he's like, I can't let you get back to running it just now. Bobby's doing a good job and I can't just like take him out. And then JR just immediately gets pissed. He stops yeah. off. It's my company. Like a, like a, like a child. He uh, throws a temper tantrum. Like his toys have been taken. <laughs> his toys have been taken. He takes his toys. He takes his toys. Walks his way. And he walks away. And he stops away. Yes. <laughs> yes. yes, he does. <laughs> Yeah, that's all I could think of was the pouting child. Because he was a pouting child, completely. Yes. 
Yeah, yeah. And, and Jock really is caught in a tough position. Right, because you know, Jock really does want JR back at work because he I think he trusts JR yeah. way more than he trusts Bobby to run the company. But he's afraid of pissing off Miss Ellie. And I think that comes first. Yeah. <laughs> He doesn't want another horse whip on him, you guys. He doesn't. Yeah, but he doesn't. He don't want to piss Ellie mm-hmm. off. So then we cut to Sue Ellen uh, with Doctor Alby, <laughs> and she's like, "Everything is fine now. Like, I don't even need therapy anymore. Look how fine I am. Like, he fucked the crazy <laughs> right, right out of me. I'm done. Right? Exactly. Right. He fucked it, the crazy right out so of me. So good, bro. <laughs> that that is like the person with, and I. I've known people that have been this way. They've been on their antidepressant meds and they think, oh, I'm all better now. I don't need to take the meds anymore. So they yep. stop taking them. Yeah, that's always a terrible idea. Right. You have to wean off. Uh, <laughs> and, and this yeah. is also a terrible idea. This, and this is Sue Ellen. Like, this is Sue Ellen's shtick. This is a where then bad idea. It's like one thing. And this one thing is like, Jair just fucked her really good. And because of that, she's just like, I'm going to forget about every bad thing. Mm-hmm. And now, and like, everything's fine. It's going to be fine. Does it every, and you, and every I, time. You know it. I wrote this. Like, she... He bought her that car as a reward. So what is she going to do to thank him? She's going to fuck him again. And it's just going to be another never-ending cycle. <laughs> round and round we go. Where is yeah. He knows. Oh, and I, I wrote down this, this line here. Um, Dr. Elby is throwing daggers of doubt. Well, yeah, because yes. he's just like, this is Good. insane, Sue Ellen. Are you listening to yourself? The, those <laughs> daggers are uh, Kristen, and she's like, she's out of our lives forever. Really? Is she? Is she? she's pregnant. So... And then what does he think is going to happen? Like, that's what I never understood. Like, you're going to ship her off and get her out of public eye, but what happens when the baby goes? Right, when the baby comes. So right. are you going to make I mean, her go through the same, like, blood gene marker test that you did with your own actual kid to make sure it's exactly. your own actual kid and then when it's not yeah. <laughs> because one of a hundred guys yeah lb is throwing the daggers of doubt yeah right she does this every time because he's just like okay this is a 180 so well yes. <laughs> yeah and jr is feeding john ross which is quite nice to see yeah he's playing with him Uh, (laughs) round around we go franklin horner on the phone again tells him about bobby wanting a loan which is just so gross that that he does that and bobby's just like yeah don't give it to him not one red cent not one red cent for bobby if he wants to do a business with old jr again and this become this next line is very telling it's going to be a reoccurring theme he he tells John Ross that no one is going to take Ewing oil from them. Mm-hmm. I think that's the first time he says that to his son. Right. That might become a thing. Yes. Mm-hmm. <laughs> then we cut to Madison's restaurant. Madison's, 1230. Yes. Yeah. At least they gave it a name. It wasn't just the restaurant. <laughs> like everywhere else. Exactly. The restaurant. They go to have a bar and have a beer and a white wine. <laughs> I'll take a beer. (laughs) We have the restaurant, the store, the beer. Mm -hmm. (laughs) And Bobby's at lunch with Franklin and he's selling the whole refinery idea. And then 
finally, Franklin has to be like, yeah, so I can't do that. And then Bobby tells his bank to stuff it. <laughs> like, you go, and Bobby. And Fr- Franklin is now trying to cite his lack of business experience. Right. Which is like, uh, okay, that's a pretty thin excuse. Like, even even Bobby can see through that one. Yeah, that's that's a load of horse crap, if you ask yep. me. Yeah. And then we cut to Mitch, and he's studying, and Lucy is bored. So I'm like, girl, just watch some TV. Like, just turn on some TV. You don't have to flip through magazines. Just do something else while he's studying. Yeah. Oh, she's she is going to do something else while, while he's trying to study. <laughs> That's true. So she's trying to distract him, and then she realizes, like, oh, wait, I know the way to distract him. So she just takes off her clothes, and guess what? That's successful. I, I like surprise. It's usually like, oh. Mitch, how long are you going to keep studying for the rest of my life? <laughs> <laughs> and then she's like, I got an, an anatomy lesson for you. <laughs> Find the spot. <laughs> <laughs> Find the spot. Lacey's just a horny little thing. I mean, she is. And she, she needs and she needs attention and reassurance, and I feel like sex exactly. is the way for her to feel like she's being reassured. Ask Ray, yes. ask Doctor Professor yeah. uh, Forrester. Right. Um, right, but it works, and he she gets his attention and distracts him from his studies. Well, if I was studying, she would have my attention too. That top comes on. Sure. Like, oh, hello. Right. What 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 anatomy book? There's anatomy right in front of me. <laughs> My guess is that's the first time he saw her naked, too. So I guess that's probably a, a big in. Oh, probably. Yes. So Bobby is standing outside. And he's being really, like, introspective in his little, like, early 80s sexy robe. Another ad for bathrobes on Dallas <laughs> with him and Miss Ellie in their bathroom. Yeah, they're in those bathrobes. And he's just being, like, he's just staring at the stars or something. Can we get a line of Dallas bathrobes out? Oh, my God. Yes, please. That would be we had, amazing. We had JR in some of those short satin jobbies. And <laughs> yeah. I there really have a Dal- are a lot of bathrobes in this I series. have a Dallas bathrobe that they gave on the uh, TNT. Uh, oh, that's thing. pretty cool. It's, a, it's, a, know, it's a, like a, cool. a maroon silk bathrobe. I'd like to collect some of the South Fork collection because they did have a collection mm-hmm. of like women's clothing yes deborah Deborah renard was doing uh modeling for it at one point i saw one for sale on ebay once i almost bought it and then i didn't but someday i'm gonna start getting those that would have been nice yeah so anyway in his sexy robe bobby tells ellie that he gets the allure of running ewing oil now he finds it stimulating and And, ellie is just interesting and interesting and ellie just looks horrified for a second She's just like, oh, yeah. Jesus she's just like, oh, God. <laughs> yeah, I've got another and one. She, she sees Ewing and Southworth in him. Yeah. Oof. That's not necessarily a good thing. It's not necessarily a good thing. <laughs> so then we cut to the next day. And of course, because of his little meeting, the cartel is just swooping in to steal that refinery out from under Bobby. <laughs> Even even though when Bobby says he thought it was the cartel, Jim Redfield gave the look that it was, but never actually said that it was the cartel. Yeah, yeah. Oh, but it was the cartel. Right. I'm sure. Right. And uh, Bobby, this is like the light dawns on Marblehead moment here. Bobby goes, says to Connie, goes, 
there are actually other banks in the city of Dallas. Which is like the most oh, obvious yeah. fucking thing, Bobby. <laughs> Jesus Christ. Welcome to Earth. Yeah. That's what the light dawned on Marble Head. It was like, oh, uh, wow. Get Les Crowley on the phone right now from the People's Lone Star. So he goes, he proposes a thing, and they, they're like, oh, we have to like figure it out. He's like, I need to know basically by the end of the day. And I like, I like that dramatic pause that Les Crowley gives him as he's after he hears the idea about mm-hmm. selling him selling some of the properties and cut them mm-hmm. It's a dramatic pause, like you're thinking he's gonna say no. He's gonna say no. And then he's like, All right, let's see if we can pull this together. Right. And then that call comes through basically at the last minute in the middle of South Fork. And then Bobby is excited. (laughs) There's a funny line of dialogue. Um, Les Crowley calls and Jock goes, who's Les Crowley? And JR goes, oh, I think he's a banker. Jock goes, never heard of him. And JR says, oh, he's not our kind. (laughs) (laughs) I don't know what that means. And I can guarantee I don't want to know what that means because it's going to be awful, whatever that is. (laughs) Right. Um, so yeah, so then he calls and he finds out he got the loan. So Bobby is ex- so excited and JR is incensed. You can see his face. He's just like he 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 and Bobby and Pam rush out to celebrate. Mm-hmm. Or Bobby grabs Pam and pulls her out of there to celebrate. And we don't really get her reaction or response, no. but I'm sure she's thinking, oh, like, this oh means- great. Power's going to go to his head. Mm-hmm. That means he's going to stay on. He's going to want to keep his job there. And we're never going to get out of here. Right. So let's go back to the store. <laughs> Meanwhile, Meanwhile, upstairs on the other end of the spectrum. JR is not happy. He says, I'm going to cut him out if I have to destroy Ewing oil to do it. Dun, 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 dun. Dramatic music end of episode. Really? You're going to sink your own fucking company. I know. Just to dumbass. Because this is just his ego. It is just his pride and ego talking there. And that is his downfall Uh in his marriage, in his family relationships, in business. Uh He's so fucking stupid. You dumbass, (laughs) J.R. Ewing. Goddamn dumbass. You goddamn dumbass. Don't like the dad that from that 70s show. You dumbass. <laughs> dumbass. <laughs> you dumb mother bleeper. No. Again, the pouty child that's gonna do anything. If if right. I can't if I can't have the toys, then I'm gonna destroy the toys so I'm nobody can break, have them. I'm gonna break the toys so exactly. no one can have them. Yeah, yeah. Right. I'm gonna break the Lincoln logs right over your head. Mm-hmm. Yeah. So I gave this episode 4.4 bourbons and a $3 pitcher of margaritas. Margaritas? Margaritas. (laughs) I give it a 4.25 in a brand new refinery. Fuck, that was exactly mine. (laughs) I gave it a 4.35 and a nice bathrobe. Mine was literally 4.25 at a, refi- a refinery. Well, maybe you guys can fight over that refinery. <laughs> yeah. Okay. <laughs> no, like, so, I'll win. <laughs> no, 
I actually was gonna say now you can fucking have it. <laughs> just I'll break it, but nobody can have it. Okay, <laughs> so, so just cut me in for half the profits. We're good. <laughs> that is something that obviously I assume, based on the way they talk about it, that every oil company wants its own refinery. So when they pull a ton of crude out of the ground, they can have it stored and they can be ready to ship to market and do what they have to do. They cut out the middleman because yes. having a place storage, storage in itself is a huge, huge cost. Huge markup. Just I'm store, sure. Not even right. It's, it's like nowadays a lot of, you see a lot of brick and mortar stores and companies shutting down their brick and mortar stores and going to online stores only like, Mm-hmm. Sharper image, linens and things, Circuit City. Because we're about to get into even more stuff on Dallas with hoarding of crude and problems that ensue in the next couple of seasons. Right. And if you have your own refinery, you're basically cutting that out. Right. And that's the thing. Ewing is about to get a refinery, but just one is not going to cut it. No. Right. Right. One. Well, you know, it's like what do you call what do you call a lawyer buried in the sand up to his neck? It's a good start. (laughs) (laughs) One one refinery, that's a good start. So let's see where this goes um, next time when we talk about the Venezuelan connection. Thank you for joining us on the Ewing Barbecue Podcast. Please rate and review us. If you enjoy the podcast, we would want more reviews from people of the episodes. We want to know what you think. Yeah, yeah, we do. Until the next time, we will see you later. Bye. Bye, y'all. Y'all come back, Mary here. I'll see you next time, even if I have to destroy the podcast to do it. Bye, y'all. Next on Dallas. One of us is going to have to do something about Bobby. I just can't believe Bobby not talking to me about this. Getting totally out of hand. You are siding with Bobby against JR. They're both my sons, Sue Ellen. Don't forget that. I don't. I won't have Bobby leaving South Fork again for any reason. Are you asking me to step down? Mm-mm. I'm telling you. You're wasting my time. Daddy thinks Bobby's doing a great job. And he didn't know he's heading for a fall. But you do. Wouldn't be surprised. <laughs>